Hi, I'm Ken. This is Arbitrarily Deterministic on KeithFM.com, show where I talk to people I admire. Most of those people <clears throat> are making digital art of some kind, often with code, sometimes not. These people, most of the time that I've got these people on here, they happen to be selling their art via the blockchain using NFT technology. It's big, big technology. NFTs by nature are financialized products. Anything that my guests and I say today that could be misconstrued as financial advice should not be misconstrued as financial advice because I don't know about him, but I'm an idiot. And so I would never give you financial advice. I'm very bad at it. Or if I do give it to you, probably shouldn't take it. Yeah. So if you want to donate, you like the show and you want to donate, we've got a nice yellow PayPal button there. You can press that. Or you can send me Tez or tokens to I don't like podcast.tez. Thank you, Ozzy. Enjoy not being with FX Hash anymore, buddy. Today, my guest is a frequent Twitter philosopher, excellent artist, really fantastic uh, person. You know what? Speaking of donations, I got to shout out the donations I got today because I got two donations today. Both of them from my guest, Santiago. Hey, Santi. How's it going? You all right? How are you? I'm pretty good. All is great here. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I installed the fan. Oh, we are in the top of the summer here. Yeah, shit, it's hot, huh? Hey, why do I have you on the show today? Okay, first of all, I'm kind of naturally great. I think they used to tell me tell me that when I was like five. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely so. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so got the, got the I believed it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I needed to live up to that. Yeah, and course. it was horrible. It was such tremendous effort. <laughs> and it was like all the time. Tears, ble bleeding tears. Oh man. Blood tears. Must have been, must have been so yeah. rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the last phase of that has been being, uh, I guess, NFT artist. I will come to that term again okay. in a minute. Okay. But yeah, being the kind of crypto artist that decides to call himself an NFT artist. <laughs> That's <as> rebellion. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a big loaded term. That's a big loaded term. Big NFT, an NFT artist. So you're a receipt artist. So you're really big into receipts. <laughs> I hate that shit. I hate, I hate it. <laughs> wow, so you, you, you would say that you make CD music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you make they CD want, they, music. They use all the time. Come on. So you're on the cassettes. I got it. So you're a cassette music maker. <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Hey, so you're a top NFT Uruguay influencer. How did you get that position? 
because there's five people <laughs> doing it in Europe. So they just like, you played Eeny, Meeny, Miny, Mo, and you were just the last guy standing. There was, there was a guy super earlier than, than I was, and, and there were others that appeared at the same time that I did. But this guy that was super earlier uh, never followed me back on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> is he still, I don't know why. Is he still around? I think not. Oh, or may- okay. Maybe he pops up from time <laughs> to time. But <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know. He was like, like the attitude we have towards each other inside of here. It's like mm-hmm. 200 mm-hmm. artists. Yeah. So everyone hates each other. <laughs> one chance to do anything, to get a show or anything. So everyone hates each other. I guess he decided to just Keep it that way with me. <laughs> I won't follow you. That's crazy. So, did you go to school for art? I went um, three times to the first year. Okay. okay. So you did the first year three times. So you did painting one hundred and one, and painting one hundred and one, and painting one hundred and one. It was general uh, visual arts, but yeah, they hated me. I don't know. Mm. I was in a phase in my life too. I was a, a very special uh-huh. young adult. Yeah, because because uh, you were trying to live up to this greatness that you'd been told that you were all your life. It must I have been was tough. still trying to chew that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you? <clears throat> so did you? So you didn't finish school, but you just conti- but you did continue to paint. Yeah. So I I was starting to draw and paint all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Now, I was, in fact, drawing and painting all day, every day. And for some years, and at some point, I crossed a painting teacher, like a painter from here that mm-hmm. just decided to give me classes for free. Cool. And help me and be my friend. Cool. My mentor. Okay, that's great. So he taught yeah. you how to put wax on and wax off and teach you all this kind of stuff for real yeah yeah that's yeah cool. mm. yeah got, got a great garden so this is like uh an old family in the country mm-hmm. i don't know how old but let's let's say that his grand grand grandparent was friends with the only national philosopher oh wow so yeah it's uh his Grand granddad was astronomer and his dad was a music composer. So he had this property that w- was kind of uh, went down, mm-hmm. but had like native woods. It's not woods, it was native a garden, I would say. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but just a uh, left wild growing. Uh huh. Yeah. A big wild garden area. Yeah, so it wasn't super taken care of, but it was great. So I was like doing ink shed in this garden, and this guy was very silent. He intervened just a little mm-hmm. to speak about some things, and 
yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. Amazing. Oh, yeah, that sounds kind of more like a, a, a like a really badass way of learning how to paint than just like going to school. <laughs> I'm going to school to paint was you know pretty good too, but like I guess going to school like also has other other things than just hanging out in a garden painting with a dude. I think like a lot of your work that I see now has a whole lot of marks that move in direction that are directional. Are a lot of that like is it because you're interested in repetition, or is that because you've taken it into Photoshop and you're playing it there, or is it? Are you still painting everything that way with all those layers? Um, what direction or layers? Which of the two? Because layers would be in the like the seed, right? Yeah. Seed axis. Yeah. And direction in the. In, in the but yes. I just yeah, but I mean more like why more like are when you're making the marks are you making the marks yeah, yeah. You're, these are all physical so, and then you're putting them into Photoshop or are you making them in on a okay. iPad? Okay, I work with GIMP uh -huh. on Ubuntu. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Politically com uh, committed yeah. to FOSS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's for, forever. <laughs> That's awesome. It's true. That's fantastic. It's true. Yeah. Uh, so I do a lot of drawing. I was drawing while we were starting to speak. I'm always drawing on the side, but I do a lot of things that are just digital and just happen digitally and are. Uh, I duplicate parts of the handwork. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not not all my hand. It's not not all traceable. But um, yeah, I try to combine both. But I'm I'm always at the same time doing this uh, mark making drawings. Mm -hmm. So do you you produce a lot? Hmm. There's this. I guess there, there must be like many, but there's this um, videos of Yayoi Kusama mm -hmm. making marks. It's more like with painting, but I guess that's kind of the dream living in a nursing home. <laughs> making making, making marks. marks all day. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> But you produce a lot, right? You you're constantly producing. I mean, that's kind of a thing for you. You you are you're making twenty four seven basically, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I cried last Tuesday. I was on therapy and I cried because it was too much yeah, to yeah. interpret or to <laughs> like communicate with others. It's like yeah. boxes with piles of paper. So it's kind of a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, how do you it feel? It makes about me laugh now and, and be happy about it, but it made me cry. <laughs> but how how do you feel about that idea? Like that you're that you're making that we make so much, like, and it's only going to get more, right? We're only going to have more of this. Like, how do you feel about that? Like, do you do you think about the contribution to the stack to the big stack of art, or is it just because you feel like that this is the one thing that? you know, we can do because this is the thing that we it, were born to do, you know, in this way and that we want to do it in this manner. Is it, do you, I mean, this is just something that it trips me out every day, like that there's never going to be less art than there is right now. So like, like whenever you say yeah. that you're making marks all the time and you're releasing these things digitally, me too. And I'm wondering like, what are we, why, <laughs> what's the point of this? You know, how do we, what are we, what are we thinking about here? And on top of it, uh, AI, image making but 
do, but yeah. I really see those and see, and say, okay, this is a fruit of my labor. No one could have got to, to this result. So that actually and really multiplies the art for mm. a, a, a lot in quantity. But uh, about the contribution to the whole amount of art that will be in this planet or whatever, I, I was a drawing kid, as I told you before, I drew all my life. So I guess when I was five or six, I was already on this kind of narrative about painters and about giving your life to a purpose that was art and... Uh, not very long after that, I, I was, I, I had some some arguments with people about this, but you know that awesome book by Kandinsky, which is the, the spiritual in art? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, the beginning of that book, it's all uh, crazy messianic, like artists are so superior to everyone else. And it's shocking. <laughs> and, yeah. and as a loser teenager, you maybe read that and feel less alone and so important. And it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I think that the, the balance between the, the not enough uh, importance that art has for, for how the world is displayed and administrated um, with the messianic madness of the, the, the fact of being doing it because rationally I got to uh, measure that to say, okay, I can't be this naive and, and this sort of virgin that believes that he's doing some mission for uh, the whole humanity it's, it's, it's very stupid so uh, maybe balancing that became um, yeah I just draw I, I don't know I need to do it it's in my hands it's mm -hmm. like a problem uh, um, uh, reflex in my hand or whatever <laughs> yeah but you, if that was the case you wouldn't I mean if, if you just had to draw you wouldn't give a shit about the social media aspect of it and the social media aspect is, of it is also a big part it's of true. of your art practice is so like you it's know because yours is a big yours is a big contra you know like you're talking about the the thing itself and and it's a really fantastic position that you that you find yourself in and i often think about like when i'm looking at your stuff specifically how it all relates you know how it all comes back to these like points about this stuff so this is why i wanted to talk to you more about like this because you're creating with your hands you're creating digital stuff you're using generative ai you're also doing a performance art stuff via this f art philosophy that you're pulling off and all that i think it's a really fantastic position and a great role that you're playing i just want to know more about it i want to get like a little bit deeper into where is your artistic drive? Is it, it's not just about coming out of your hand, but where is the drive coming from and what is the point of it for, for you? Okay, so as I was saying, we, I guess all of us during our lives say, this is very important, this is not so, so important. I was studying dairy science to try to work in a factory in the town I live in. To try to work in some factory in 
quality or, or whatever. And I always I started to do my art on the side. It became like more to the side as it was when I started in high school, I guess. I was listening to Italian class, but I was drawing sure. on the side of, of the the sheet, right? So at some point it came to the center. Art was in the center again. And at some point it missed the center <laughs> again. <laughs> and then it came back to the center. But I guess it it came it was in front of me. I guess we we can come to that place where uh, we are not not specifically anyone, or we could be whoever. And uh, characteristics aren't that important. Or I, I am maybe strong enough to give away any sort of ideas about life I have, and I can could be anyone. Like that kind of of, uh, yeah, giving giving away. But uh, going back to the actual question uh, um, I think that the use of time is something that it's is very important for me now it's, it's a thing I think I think a lot about and the use of time by NFT artists and in the, in this case it is NFT artists it's not crypto artists in general because I, I guess that if you do something with blockchain and code uh, in 2018 and then appear once every week in Twitter and you, you show that in museums, you will have some sort of relationship with that. Mm -hmm. But if you were daily on shield threads uh, uh, and then your, your mate says, okay, shield threads are just using our, our, uh, using us as engagement department, Let, let's try something different. But always struggling to sell NFTs. I guess that that became a class. Mm -hmm. uh, and we are all forced to be all day on Twitter. I was like, uh, I was asked what what my goals were two years ago. I can see, yeah, two years ago I was making the BCA residency, mm -hmm. and I asked. To have an hour of mentorship with Art Gnome, uh -huh. and he told me he asked me where, where are you at now and what would you like to do, and I said in one year that that's uh, one year ago, and this question was two years ago. In one year, I want to take three days off, like being able <laughs> <laughs> being able to to uh, not be on Twitter for three days uh -huh. and. And I still couldn't do it. <laughs> really? Holy shit. I mean, I went um, last December. My best friend, who is from Buenos Aires, came to visit. And we went to the beach with him and my kid. Mm -hmm. And I was less on Twitter. <laughs> that day. But, <laughs> no, those, those three days. Oh, those three, th days. those three days you were I, less on Twitter. I did. It took two years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, dude. That's too much Twitter, man. Jesus. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have a hard time. I have a, I don't understand it, really, to be honest with you. I just sort of, like, love to scroll through it and check out stuff. And it gives yeah. me the ability to look at art and kind of, like, think about art in a bigger, on a, on a much larger, from a much larger place, you know, versus just, like, this little thing that I have access to here in the city. And to think about it from a, a big, broad perspective and to have Twitter giving me that, you know, and to have people who are commenting on that. So it, much good art. Yeah. It, it's like even everyone is saying the algorithm goes to shit, and this is true. We, we can't find our friends, but still a lot of great art all the yeah. time, yeah. even in this situation. Yeah, we're mad lucky, man. And, and we're also great. It's also, I know we talk a lot about how, you know, there's no curators. Well, yeah, there. that's true, maybe. But like, there's also, there are curators and some of them have pretty good voices and they're really fascinating. And we find them through Twitter. They, they're just not releasing a daily fucking curation because that's bullshit. Nobody's releasing a fucking daily curation. That's incredibly difficult. Platforms can do it because they have a bunch of people doing it. It's not like one person every day doing some sort of daily curation. That's just super duper hard, man. You can't yeah. really pull that crap off. Yeah. Because it takes too much thought. You know, you can do. You can be a content creator for like a day, you know, like that way. But you can't really like pull it off consistently for any period, any length of time doing that kind of thing. I think that attention spans going super short yeah. uh, makes it that, as you said, for a curator to stay relevant, they would have to post every day. Every day. And you can't just <laughs> do that. I guess uh, it's a product that you can make weekly. I think it, it would be great weekly for yeah. anyone to do that and doable. But Twitter will swallow down. Yeah, that, sure. That, yeah. The way that it works, that's just how it goes. And now that Twitter is, now that Grok is just part of, you know, like everything that we do is now part of whatever their AI model, right? It's already kind of doing it anyway. Somebody else's yeah. big, dirty AI model. Whenever you're using these AI machines, whenever you're using this stuff, whenever you're using improps and whatnot, what drives you to to make those things that you're making there? Like, because uh, they're generally around the art and the market and the and the concepts around those things. Whereas, like some of your other stuff, like your edition work and some of this and the one of ones, they're not really about the market in the same way. You know, so in your face yeah. about it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's great that you are asking about this and about my Twitter presence. Uh, presence as something serious because i mean people with the best intentions uh, try to look at that and say okay let's talk about the abstract art and not mess with the funny guy because that's stupid or maybe some just decide to approach me as someone who's sitting making jokes on twitter so <clears throat> it's I mean, you, they, you, they can it's be excused for, for that, you know, because <laughs> that's what you're doing. Yeah. You're making jokes on Twitter, but you're making yeah. very pointed jokes. And those pointed jokes are generally quite timely and about the things that are occurring inside the sphere that we exist in. So it makes them a little yeah. bit more, you know, philosophically oriented in, in this way. Like, I know that when we got to the nap art thing, I, I know how we got there. I remember. But like the, the, the idea of nap art you know, it's just like, okay, there's a, we, we've now we can get, we can say there's the art of napping. That's something different. Nap art is like a oh, thing, you know, because we made it a thing <laughs> and it's yeah. the one true form of art yeah, for anybody absolutely. wondering. 
absolutely. I I think there's there's also this uh, this is input for from Salawaki. Mm-hmm. It, she says like buy this dude's art so he can go and take a nap. <laughs> like, I can go rest for a little. Since I had a sale, I can go on. He, he needs a nap. He, this guy needs na- get him a nap. He needs it. <laughs> it's great. Why? Why are you so tired? <laughs> I'm always tired. Yeah. I, I guess. I guess it's a, a chemical um, and hormone imbalance. I go to that. That simple truth that people they get to that in a month and yeah. go and buy vitamins. I grew a philosophy out of it. <laughs> That's also probably due to what, <clears throat> because of your, it, it's pretty hot where you live all the time, right? It's not. No, it's no, not. No, no, no. That's, that's just um, stereotypical South America. Uh-huh. No, I'm, <laughs> I mean, like a w- good wines. Uh, oh, okay. Part, part yeah. of the planet. I, 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 it gets to zero Celsius mm-hmm. in winter, uh-huh. and it gets to 30 Celsius in summer. Oh, man, that's perfect. Actually, that's a really... That's beautiful, fantastic. beautiful. Yeah. We have heat, we have heat 40 in summers because of global warming. Yeah, sure. That won't get better. No, <laughs> we, we have the same here in Berlin. We also yeah. get these really, really hot days now that we didn't used to get. It's just how it goes. I mean, it's where, how it's going. And it's kind of unfortunate. But yeah, that's not yeah. either. Do you, it's live. Are there big museums in Uruguay? Do they have like a big national collection? I won't say big, but there's, there's a national museum. It's beautiful. I really like it. Mm-hmm. And I guess I feel attached to it because I, I went there as a kid or um, I saw some works that changed my view of everything mm-hmm. being a teenager or a, a young grown up. But this is not known in the rest of the planet. Mm-hmm. It's like super local stuff. I guess there's there's things that are known abroad, like Barradas. Mm-hmm. Maybe the name rings a bell. Okay, I think that's um, at, at the start of some international collection. This this is my... My, my father did travel to, mm-hmm. to Europe. I haven't. Mm-hmm. But this is thought of as main and core to the beginning of some ways of abstraction okay oh, all right it's, it's good stuff good stuff yeah. but uh, it's it's local forever because the country is very little mm-hmm. i guess we don't have enough people to go around <laughs> others i get it good. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I often wonder, like, how does it work, like, in these, in some of these other places? Because, you know, I know that I'm super privileged and I've grown up in places where there's a lot of, like, museums and big collections and stuff from all over the place. And I've often wondered when I talk to people from from smaller areas, like, I was in Bolivia once um, for a little while, but they have, like, a pretty good art. They have, you know, they have a pretty interesting art collection. They have, because they have money for for different reasons. And for so some of those collections that they have are kind of nice, um, kind of bigger. And I didn't know if, if it's the same there where you're at. No, there's there's this thing that is super important that is um, 
this is a, I guess, 200 years republic. Probably the first hundred was madness and, and everyone shooting each other. Sure. But in the paper, it's 200 years nation or, or republic. And that's the age of, I guess, the modern era. Mm-hmm. The, the sort of one of the cuts of the possible cuts of modern era where, where the, the French state appears and and the US two constitutions and democratic uh, republics so um this country does not have um a pre columbus back- background there's nothing be- be- because they killed all the natives wow. that's the first thing wow yeah it's crazy and it, it's very important in how we are mm-hmm. so black and white people, mm-hmm. so, uh, slaves and s- Spanish, and later some immigrants from the two wars. But what I was about to say is that it's not only that um, there's many or few museums, a very important thing is that uh, all the development of art and in visual arts, this is bigger, uh, has been looking at, at um, the center of art and the first world. Mm-hmm. So even if anyone came up with something amazing, it's always measured but by what was happening. Yeah. Um, Paris, New York, Berlin, or the, this yeah, the bigger actual cities. center of the world. Yeah. And so do you feel like that, that, is, that that's made like the culture, the culture of being an artist much more clandestine, not clandestine, that's a bad word, but much more like low key? Because like in some cultures, being elevated to artist is pretty high. You know, like it's a pretty big deal yeah. to be to be that to be actually thought of as an artist. In other cultures, it's absolutely not. I mean, it's, it's everybody's an artist, right? So, like, yeah. how is it there in in in, in Uruguay? I think I think it's um, if you don't make money, yeah, you are like a hobo, but uh-huh. uh, more annoying <laughs> as an artist. <laughs> yeah. And if you make money, you are like someone who's getting money for free for just doing what they want to do. So, uh, so you can't win. So you're just there's fucked. no way you can win. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's great. Oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry to hear that. Is no, it that's just <laughs> so? All of the stuff that you've learned about art and modern art and whatnot, like you learned from this guy, or you learned from the internet. Yeah, the internet and books mm-hmm. and friends and colleagues. And I guess when I came to start making NFTs, that that's a, a process of learning that was just my own. Uh-huh. And with, with the people I found here, but for example, I ignored the 50 or whatever years of cold art mm-hmm. i absolutely ignored that i'm learning about that mm-hmm. and it's 
fascinating. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's very yeah. Deep. Yeah. When did you start learning about code? I think I in 2021 at the end mm -hmm. of that year. Uh, I started interacting with Chris Rostoik. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we became friends and he was like an avid collector of my work at the time. And we spoke and he told me, check this. And it was a fixed cache starting. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I minted an RCV automata. Uh, Very good. I had I had to sell it to fix my car at some hey, point. Hey, that's great. I'm very sorry. No, man, I don't think you should be sorry. <laughs> I think that that's what those things were meant as, right? They're, I mean, you know, yeah. like, as things have moved on, they've kind of helped to do what they're supposed to do, which is market FX hash and move around and b go from collection to collection and build things out. It's kind of what it, I think, or at least that's how I feel, that that's, you know, a big part but of it. But it was amazing to yeah. see that so early. Yeah. So yeah. late because it's the last two years of the history of code art <laughs> but so early in fx cache history i have this thing about like not being early or late you're just there when you get there you know like that's yeah. every, you know that's kind yeah. of everything it's not you know it's not just related to this i love it whenever people walk around and talk about being real early to some we're so early <laughs> i think it's like okay yeah. that's cool i get it i get what you're saying it's just you're not really you know people are people are going to come and people are going to go and sometimes it's like in the point where people find it and they're actually going to maybe make money from it and sometimes it's at a point whenever they're going to lose money on it sometimes people just go in and just find something and it's great it's the perfect moment for them to find it and it doesn't matter if they win or lose they found that thing and they've won because they found that thing and so yeah. this idea of being early or late is kind of almost there's yeah. this uh, first decent thing right many points that in nfts there's i guess there's um not no i won't say lower but there's present every degree of closeness and education about art yeah every yeah. every part of the range is represented so it's possible to come out and say i'm the first doing this or that other thing and it will be questioned but in in a way like no, this was the first one. Mm -hmm. No one yeah. will say, no one cares anymore about who's the first one yeah. because art does not work that way. Yeah. Like for 100 years, it hasn't. They will just come and contrast which was the actual first one. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. also rarity. Rarity is a thing that NFTs have introduced into art. Rarity. You know? Yeah. Which is a really weird idea to me, but like, you know, whatever. It's cool. A, <laughs> it's a, a kind of a, a Pokemon thing, right? Or it was in MTG. I was, I, yeah. I, I used to play when I was like 13. Uh -huh. to, uh, Magic the Gathering yeah, yeah. cards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like. Uh, you collectible. To, you, yeah, you should talk to Will and Trinity about your ma your Magic the Gathering situation. There, <laughs> they're always looking for somebody to play play Magic the Gathering with. Oh, good. Yeah, good. <laughs> I I forgot how to play. I got like my my cards. I gave them to my kid. She's five. She doesn't understand. <laughs> she, she, 
it's like colorful cards. <laughs> Is this number higher than this number? No. Okay. You suck, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it down on the kid. Always beating your child. I failed. I failed to be a nerd. That's, that's the truth. Because you actually need some money to be a nerd. Yeah. You, you have to collect shit. I mean, you, you can be driven by some kind of uh, love to information, mm -hmm. but you need some money. And also, I, I will say this, that you need some money, but you also need um, this accumulation mindset about yeah. information too, because you, yeah. you have to be like in the border of Asperger to remember things. To, to be an actual good nerd, mm -hmm. even if you are rich or poor. And I couldn't. I I, I was uh, kind of a poet when I was young, kind of. And I stopped. Uh, I came to this idea. Uh, I think it was, this was in Oscar Wilde, about pure poetry and that shit. And that's not great. It's it's like, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's an aristocrat view. What what where that pure poetry came from? Mm -hmm. But anyway, some ideas about poetry that leave away uh, things that come from the narration and um, telling storytelling and. Mm -hmm time as linear and facts as accumulating uh, and growing i started working with this like um just a shock of what like what, when you see a painting and not when you hear a story so as as i treated uh, words that way I started treating images that way too, but images are already like that. Mm -hmm. So I took away any figuration and became this abstract artist. And as you say, in this um, long form generative, I, I think I, I asked about what is doing this, right? What is it to have a body? It's hard to show. Uh, how, how would space politics look like? And it's all USSR. <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> space uh, politics one, brought to you by communism. <laughs> communism. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the long form generative stuff has this like tie in, in a way to me that like you bring in, I can, I understand it's like poetry and it's like this idea of moving through these, these, these spaces. And then when you start to apply it to like some of the things that when they did the open market, when, when, when Improps did their open market thing, you drop like a, a series of, of works that were about the art and the art in the art studio. And yeah, this little bunch of things right there really solidified you i think it solidified your role on your as your tw as the twitter artist and you know in this kind of bigger picture sphere of who you are did that did is the learning curve there 
big enough to was the learning curve big for you in in that little period there to to keep you going and learning i think i'm lost in the question but i know it's tough to get where i'm coming because it's kind of a it's kind of a bigger picture thing so you were talking earlier that like so what I'm finding is that you're actually just fascinated by learning about stuff <laughs> and that you just want to apply that learning to the thing that you're doing in that particular moment. So was the learning curve of learning how to use the AI to from going from your poetry into using the AI to get this these long form pieces out from your poetry in this manner, this boom with these words giving these prompts and getting this thing, was that enough to, to quell you from the learning perspective? Do you feel like the art that came from that was, was the right thing from what you learned from that? Okay. So as I was telling you before, I have this uh, kind of thing with time uh, work. So when I try a new medium, I work like very close to the to the floor would be like I my hand when I draw is very focused on where this the spot or line I, I am doing is I'm not looking <clears throat> at, at at a project in my mind I'm looking at what is in front of me so how I learned to prompt was to just tell any shit to mid journey, <laughs> anything that came to my mind, and it was horrible. And my ideas, I found like poetic, or the things I write in in those titles for my abstract pieces that are super long. I tried to put that into mid journey, and it was super corny. I think that the ideas I have about poetry or whatever, the um, nuanced neutral view of ai has super corny ideas about those (laughs) i was i've told this story before when i showed my nephew how to use my nephew at the time i think was five when i showed him how to use ai or maybe he was six i don't know but i showed him how to use ai and and he said and i said so what do you want to prompt with and he said bo jackson michael jordan fart And the image that came from it is so far out, man. It's super weird. So crazy looking. It's like Michael Jackson or Michael Jordan with the with the with the baseball bat and Bo Jackson trying to get somewhere. (laughs) I don't know what the hell's going on, man. It's so weird. But yeah, I get I can see how like the whenever you first get into prompting, I imagine that if you've got a lot of really crazy like a lot of things going through your head, that it's gonna give you a lot of crazy outputs. And also, you have a lot of things in your head and you start clearing them, right? <laughs> because as, as it's seen as a surrealist tool, yeah. and as we dream and we, and we free, make free association, I guess it works that way too. So if you keep something to yourself and go smart to the prompting, you are probably going to miss, like, a lot of your potential if you you go and seriously say i want a room with the flowers and a girl she's looking through the window and try to build instead of breaking it won't be great mm-hmm. i think it's just i break my expectations 
and I don't try to. It's like I. You said I. I maybe love learning, but I guess I forget everything every day. I. I know zero when yeah. the day starts. Excellent. Being present is incredible. It's great. It's, it's great. Yeah. yeah so. There. Yeah. So the open market. Um, the improv's open market pieces or or collections are also a result of what happened in the one called um, in the, in the um, curated one mm-hmm. was what what does it mean to have a body which was uh, from December 2022 mm-hmm. to May when it went out I was working on that so I was every day going around those prompts uh cutting trying to make it um more i guess cohesive and or other times trying to open that because of, by the force of it trying for it to be cohesive we sorry um i i fucked it like i i cut its arms was like a bug <laughs> sometimes uh, okay it it happened like it grew and it went like uh, more the thing is it was a long process and i haven't i hadn't gone through a long process like in a lot of years i guess when i uh, had rehearsals with with my bands as a teenager I, I was. I am always doing what I can during the day with what I have, and what I have in front can be, as I said, accumulation of uh, thousands of drawings. So those are in front of me, and I'm working with them, but I'm not making a, a project. Like my project was ten years drawing with ink nonstop, mm-hmm. mark making and many of them look the same and there's this uh the, there's a way to define chaos that is uh there's no differences mm-hmm. there's nothing uh stands out yeah yeah that's true so, randomness whenever you run into those things too yeah but yeah. yeah yeah so it was chaotic in that way but it's just piles of paper with with mark making mm-hmm. on it we think do you feel like you know you've made the joke about no hammer no you, no hammer no chisel no art you know this joke is this this, this yeah. around there what you've just described to me is that process right i mean you've just said to me that you took a chisel and you knocked his arms off you know and in, in the process of this and this is that you're just doing it with your computers, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. As I said before, as a kid, this information about artists of all eras came to me and there was this thing like uh, Michelangelo had to go and climb a mountain to get yeah. a marble stone. <laughs> and that, that kind of epic shit is what runs with him. But yeah. we can't take it so seriously. We, we have to live 
Yeah, I mean, these are stories. These are all stories. But that's what people love about stuff is the story. I mean, the story that we, we can tell in these situations is great. You know, like, we're living in this time period where I'm, I consider your Twitter art at the same level as, as to what I consider your AI art, which I consider the same as your painting art. And I think that that's a fantastic... Um, we live in a pretty crazy time whenever I could say that those things are all equal make one thing you know that that is one that that's all on the same plane to me and i think like it's pretty weird whenever i hear people tell me that well if the artist didn't touch it man fuck you <laughs> like it, the next yeah. time i hear that i'm just like man, god damn it i just i lose my mind when i hear this kind of stuff code is not art man you know digital shit that's not art come off it you know and it's like are you kidding like you guys are just so that's so crazy when people say that stuff but anyway that's neither here nor there that's a whole nother aside to any of that. Yeah, anyway, I was um, having some little arguments on Twitter with people that didn't like text to image. This was like one year or, or two years ago. I was having this kind of conversation and casually on the side, I sent a digital painting that was some object uh, NFT to check to my painting teacher, this great guy I was mentioning. And uh, he said like, oh, it's a shame it's digital. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a I, shame. Oh, that's so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was literally hours doing the, the, like, the same shit he was doing in front of his canvases because I, I recognize I, I take a lot of my work from him mm -hmm. and it's clear. Yeah, uh, but I, w I was like the kind of thing you you would argue about uh, digital art not being as great, or the kind of of the the discussion I was in, mm -hmm. which was text to image, isn't the, it has no effort or whatever. Uh, like going so back to to just show a digital painting that took hours to my painting teacher and he's saying oh it looks great but it's a shame it's digital <laughs> i mean just the idea that it's a shame that it's a digital <laughs> goddamn that is so shameful <laughs> that's, sad. That's, that's so yeah it's sad. a shame oh it man should be a shame. <laughs> i mean i have friends here too that i think that there it's there is a I don't know what the word is. Maybe it's frustration is what it is where the begin is the beginning of it. But then it manifests itself as like, like I think that they're frustrated that maybe that they themselves either can't use the tools, don't want to learn to use the tools or feel like that, 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 that they're frustrated because they're not getting paid for what they think that their value is based on, you know, these two things. Cause they've created some sort of hierarchical system in their head about that. Yeah sometimes and then other times i think that sometimes that, that they just generally have a block in their head where they're just like fuck i can't believe that people think that that's art you know i mean and i think that that's really weird to me some of my friends are that way with me and it's like and i'm still just like that's so crazy some of my artist friends just refuse to accept you know digital stuff as 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 the same as the same as what they're doing and i mean but it's there, cool. there's yeah there's the individual thing we can do with that, but there's also, of course, the ground and what's happening in the historical time because I used to do digital stuff when I was kind of little and then as a very young person, I 
the stuff I do on Inkscape, I, I used to do it in Corel X3 in 2010. But even I wouldn't uh, look at it like I do now mm-hmm. because no one around me was saying that could be art. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's the thing is those things were not really meant in that ma- in that manner. They were meant for like, you know, most of that stuff was meant for design or architecture or something along this line. But yeah. of course, artists use whatever tools are available. And that's the point. <laughs> you know, like if it, yes. you, you know, you can use anything yes. to make art, but whatever. I mean, that's a, that's a bigger, bigger, bigger picture question there on that. Who's your favorite? If you had to pick a favorite artist of all time, who would that, per- who would that person be? Okay. That one is hard, but I guess it's Mohsen Makhmadvav, the Iranian filmmaker. I don't know this person. Amazing. It's great. You know that movie uh, of Abbas Kiarostami's Close Up? Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, the guy that goes to jail is all the time talking about Makhmadvav, and he's impersonating a filmmaker. Ah. That's the filmmaker, Makhmadvav. Okay. It's just crazy. And I will just point a fact that is outside his work, his body of work, that is that he started a a cinema school for his children to start (laughs) cinema. Wow. I guess it had more users later, but... His three kids are filmmakers too. <laughs> can you um, send me? Can you send me this information so I can post this in the show notes? Because I think that this would be yeah, of course, a fantastic thing to have in the show notes. So if so, then that's the that that's your favorite artist that you would take. Who would be if you could take one philosophy book? What would the philosophy book be? Do you read philosophy books? I do. I have to think about that, but. I guess it's um, I just give me just one second because I think it has to be between Adorno's aesthetic theory, mm-hmm. but I would be lying if I said I went back to, to that text in the last ten years. But, um, and I, I could say the um, reproductibility stuff, blah, by Benjamin, mm-hmm. but I will choose as a final one, super short one, which is the, um, the thesis on, on the philosophy of history by Benjamin. Mm-hmm. I think it's 12 paragraphs. Oh, wow. I don't think I know this. Instead of a book, that one, because it that one links uh, um, Marxism being science with uh, life and history. Huh. And I think it's a very late text. So he, he was about to leave that situation of killing himself. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's a day before oh, wow. uh, the, the, the prosecution was open or some border was open. So, so that's crazy enough. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I didn't. I, I don't know this one. I'll have to read it. I'll have to find it. Okay, this is super <clears throat> short, and you Google it, and in the same moment you read it because it's super short. But this, there's this special thing about. Uh, I think it's the angel of history or the angel of time. It's the name he puts to uh, drawing by Clay. Mm-hmm. He says it's looking at the future and the future is so overwhelming that this angel has its sight uh, towards the front and the back at the same time feels horror about history and the the the, just the developing history that's pretty amazing that walter benjamin wrote like in that way that's pretty cool i'm excited to see that you read that it's crazy (laughs) yeah that's pretty cool you ever read simulacra simulacra and simulation this uh baudrillard book Uh, anyway it's um no i should search that yeah simulacra simulacra simulation and sort of seminal thought processes around like how i mean television used to be a simulation of life and then all of a sudden life became a simulation of television some lack of television anyway but yeah it's it's totally worth reading and i think that you would benefit from from uh i, w- I will get that. it yeah, it's, yeah. It's good. as i was saying i i i cried on therapy mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> crying at therapy is great it's perfect for that's what's fair for, for that yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, this person is recommending books to me. So my book um, pile is getting bigger, but at the same time, I am um, more committed to reading. <laughs> so fighting what Twitter did to my brain, right? That's perfect. I, I need to read more books myself, man. I, I, You know what? I just don't find the time to do it. I, I should. I should make the time. It's stupid that I don't, but whatever. I used to read like pretty avidly, and then my glasses, and now I've got bifocals, um, which, you know, it's old, old man shit, but like I don't yeah. have these. I, I can Now I can read. <laughs> so it's a little bit easier, and I should do it more. Hey, man, you know what? We're up against it. This was great. This cool. is f- fantastic. I really was beautiful. I, beautiful. I appreciate having you on. It was really cool to 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 have you here. What's next for you? So, honestly, I will try to get a camera and mm-hmm. do some. I would say not precarious, but um, on the go filmmaking. What kind of camera do you need? Just a video camera that's better than my phone. A better ca- a better video camera than what's on his phone. You've all heard this, so we know now. We know yeah. what we know. What we're doing is we're getting him a camera as fast as we can, so he can do whatever he needs yeah. to do with this camera. <laughs> so everything from this point forward that gets donated <laughs> from this point for the next week that gets donated to I don't like love like like podcasts. Dates will go directly to him to get this camera. So you heard me. Beautiful. If you give it there, we're going to give it over that way. Hey, Santi, thanks so much. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was great. been fantastic. And for those of you listening, uh, this has been Arbitrarily Deterministic on KeithFM.com. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please uh, go to the PayPal button there, or you can, once again, give us Tez to I don't like 
podcast.tez, or you can send me ETH to kenconsumer.eth. And if I get ETH, I'm also going to send that over to Santi because we would like to get him a camera sooner rather than later. Hey, thanks a lot, everybody. Bye.